0: Fair warning, there's some foul language in this episode. The very worst word will be quoted on multiple occasions. Almost immediately, in fact. Post-war London, Soho. The address is 41 Dean Street. Ascend the foul-smelling cramped staircase, bathed in lurid green, and you'll be met with a single door into the diminutive dive that many of the greatest artists, performers, and bohemians of the 20th century called home. You've just stepped into the Colony Room. And the woman by the bar, the one that just called you a cunt, that's Muriel Belcher. She's in charge. You're listening to Kunst, Please, a podcast about modern art. And this is a story about clubbing. After the Second World War, London was a mess. Bombed-out buildings had left many homeless, leading to the beginnings of a squatting movement. Women who had worked throughout the war were expected to return to their domesticity with returning soldiers taking the positions and the pay packets. The soldiers themselves, some of whom had never left their villages, had since been exposed to a litany of new experiences. Some pleasurable, most horrific. Post-traumatic stress was rife, and returning to any sense of normalcy seemed impossible. Drinking was high on the agenda for many, and the area of Soho, with its lax licensing hours and numerous dens of iniquity, became a destination for the misfits without homes or families, but with a keen interest in bohemian pursuits. Soho had it all. A busy market with cheap foreign foods, West Indian clubs with wild calypso dance floors, prostitution rings aplenty, and a seedy square mile of 500 private members clubs that dodged the restrictions that pubs had to stick to. Pubs opened from 11am to 3pm, and then again from 6pm to 11pm. Private clubs like the Colony were exempt from these laws. Rather handy as the artists who would come to patronise it, kept rather unusual hours. Let's take Francis Bacon's routine, for example. Rise at 5am, work until midday, a drink at the French House pub, followed by oysters and shablis at Wheeler's restaurant, drinks at the colony until 11pm, gambling till 2am, bed, and repeat. Not quite Hunter S. Thompson, but nonetheless impressive in its excessiveness. The colony became renowned not only for a broad clientele of artists both famous and -and up-and-coming, but also for the bad behaviour and salacious gossip that emanated from within. Spirits, beer, and lashings of champagne were poured vigorously and at great expense to the patrons, and older members like Noel Coward and E.M. Forster were ruthlessly mocked with black humour, but always encouraged to foot the bills for the more starving artists. It was a place for ruthless dry wit, dark, cutting humour, and unrelenting shade. The club welcomed and accepted all races, spectrums, and affectations, just so long as you could withstand a verbal pummeling from the members. But physical violence wasn't out of the question either. The club would not tolerate idiots, bores, and the close-minded, and those who were pig-headed enough to voice their prejudices were sent packing down the winding, smelly staircase into a crumpled, bloody heap at the bottom. To outsiders, it was a lurid, disgusting outrage. To members, it was sanctuary. Don't be dull, and don't be fucking boring. This was the mantra of Muriel Belcher, who founded the colony in 1948. A rather enigmatic figure, her family was of Jewish-Portuguese extraction, and her father, a prosperous theatre empresario in Birmingham. A somewhat strict and normal upbringing was promptly thrown out of the window when she moved to London, accompanied by her lesbian lover Carmel, whose Jamaican origins most likely led to the colony club's naming. Frances Bacon strolled into the club on its very first day in business and although the artist was unknown at the time, he had a little black book full of rich and wealthy friends. Muriel paid Bacon pocket money and insured him an open bar at the club on the proviso that he would bring his coterie with him on a regular basis. And so began a firm friendship. Bacon was dubbed Daughter by Belcher, who was called Mother by Bacon. Muriel had a penchant for referring to men as she, which often resulted in smirks, such as when introducing an elderly major with the quip, she was a very gallant little lady at the Somme. To say she had the gift of the gab would be an understatement, but it was with swearing that Muriel found her true milieu. She was always an imposing figure at the colony, perched on her stool by the bar, drink and cigarette akimbo, one eye on the door ready to ward off any unwelcome parties, the other on the members, making sure their glasses were filling and their wallets emptying, all the while offering an assault of conversation, sarcastic wit, and multiple profanities. Her rudeness was legendary and became embedded in the whole colony clique. Her most favourite word was cunt, a term she delivered often in a distinctive tone, According to the woman herself, the word was quite flexible as a term of abuse, simply cunt, but also a term of endearment, cunty. She was described by Christopher Hitchens as arguably the rudest person in England. And she was hilariously fearless. Like when Dick West, a foremost foreign correspondent, arrived at the club for an audience with member Tom Dryberg the infamous Labour MP, and despite the laws of the period, a proud gay man. Upon asking Muriel for his whereabouts, she responded, Tom is the one in the corner with his hand round that man's cock. A second tale featuring poor old Tom finds him at the club distraught. A book has been published by another member featuring photographs of him in the company of the infamous East End mobsters, Ronnie and Reggie Cray. He went begging to Muriel to ask her to do something to save his reputation. "'You never complained when Ronnie's cock was in your mouth,' she replied. Francis Bacon was a constant fixture at the club, and it is there he is supposed to have declared his perhaps most quoted witticism. Champagne for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends.' But it was his drunken fall down the stairs that became more famous amongst members. Though the details tend to change depending on who is telling the story. Some say his eyeball popped out, which he shoved back in with his thumb. Some say it was his nose, which he rammed back into place with his own fist. The artist himself was never able to remember if it was his eye, his nose, or his right testicle. Muriel Belcher died in 1979, and the club was left to a series of long-term barmen before its ignominious closure in 2008, in the midst of sweeping sanitizing measures and the continued gentrification of old Soho. Until the doors shut, though, it remained an outpost for the artist set, shifting from 20th-century masters like Francis Bacon, Lucian Freud, and John Deacon, to the young British artists of Damien Hurst's Sarah Lucas and Tracey Emin. And there it is, the Colony Room, Muriel Belcher's Den of Equality. Kunst Please was created and produced by Jonathan Heath, that's me. Please follow the gallery space on Instagram, at Kunst Please. Thank you for listening, and don't be a cunt. If you enjoyed the experience, please like, comment, review, and subscribe, etc.